Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to heart of Midlothian football club. The Jambos got back to winning ways in the Scottish Premiership, courtesy of a 3-0 victory over Livingston at Tynecastle. And here to chat with me, Adam Kennedy, all about the men in maroon, is Mr Daniel McIver. McIver, how are we? I'm doing fantastic. However, I don't know what this is because it's no longer the Perth to Paisley podcast. It's now the Cami Devlin fan podcast. <laughs> That's what it now needs to be renamed as. I said it last week and people on Twitter mocked me. People on Twitter said, oh, look, it's Daniel. It's Daniel doing his usual of loving a player before they've done absolutely anything. This weekend will be the real test. This weekend will be proving how, he, how he's actually going to do under the big lights of Tyne Castle, Full House and everything. And then he was incredible. So I want apologies from you. I want written apologies from people on Twitter. I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm just wondering... Under the big lights at three o'clock on a September afternoon. The lights were on. It was dark. It was grey. But no, he was he was shining a light on how incredible he is as a footballer. To be fair, I think his gnashers were probably shining. How how often did yes. he smile? I, 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 I think he's the happiest player to ever actually play for us. Him and Taylor Moore is a ridiculous combination of just buzzing. Actually, that's funny. Before we kind of get into talking about sort of around the grounds and you know the highlights of the game. I think this is very emblematic of where we are in that we He's actually... done it, lads! <laughs> He's got the right one this week! But but how nice is it to have players that <laughs> this sounds over the top already, we're only two minutes in, that actually <laughs> genuinely want to be here or look as though they want to play for hearts now. Like how what? long have we actually waited for, you know, I don't want to say an eleven that care, because I'd probably even say a squad generally that the vast majority look as though they care. Everybody just seems buzzing, everybody seems happy, they all seem to get on, they're all having a laugh. They're all Cammy Devlin's made it very clear in press conferences that he's been going out with coffees with everybody, getting to you know everybody, him and Benny are already best mates and Taylor Moore and Alex Cochran as well. You saw that in Cochran's celebration, Devlin ran and picked him up and just kinda went, Yes to everybody. They're all just delighted to be here and I think everybody's delighted to have it. I, I can remember us calling an episode earlier on in the season, Bromance Brewing, when we were talking about Gino and GMS. I mean, that midfield duo, they look as though they're, you know, they in terms of bromances, that's up there with, like, Scatchel and Hartley. Right, wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. You accuse me every week of getting ahead of myself. And yeah, now you're arguably no, compared to the best midfield no, 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 two no, 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 we've no. ever seen. Well, well, one of them is the greatest footballer that I've ever seen. Yeah. So all Cammy Devlin's got to do is be decidedly average or better, doesn't he? Really? <sighs> this we are literally two and a half minutes in, and I think that's the most spurious <laughs> claim that has ever been made on this podcast. Got to love a bit of controversy on the Perth Basley podcast. <laughs> that's why we keep churning them out. Um, no, of course we are going to touch on the win over Livingston, but. I mean, what a week for us to go around the grounds. We we absolutely have to. So the three Saturday three PM kickoffs were pretty pretty uninspiring actually. When you look at the Sunday games, um, obviously we had Rangers winning one 0 against Dundee at Dens, courtesy of a Joe Rebo goal. Despite Jason Cummings's missed penalty, the chance obviously for the D to equalise didn't take it, and Rangers shut them out eventually. Obviously our win over Livingston, coupled with our opponent's next week's win. Or yeah, our opponents next week mm-hmm. winning rather um, at home to Ross County Motherwell 
getting the better of the Staggies by two goals to one. Courtesy of a late winner from Tony Watt, who I've got the fear about, but we'll we'll talk about that later on. Um, but Sunday, absolutely tremendous shithousery from all corners of the country. Um, we had the lunchtime kickoff in Paisley as St Mirren claimed their first league win of the season against 10-man Aberdeen, going 1-0 up, falling 2-1 behind, eventually getting the better of the Dons, 3-2. Absolutely stupendous scenes in Paisley, and I never thought I'd be delighted to see St Mirren win, but here we are. Um, and, yeah, the 3 p.m.s, Celtic um, being held at home by Dundee United was a fantastic highlight, particularly as I'm working away on Sunday, listening to Sports Sound. That's the commentary game. And come full time, the boos are ringing round Parkhead. Just hilarious. Um, and Hibs beats St Johnston 1-0. Nobody really cares. So, what did you make of Irwin? Obviously, we'll touch on later on. But the other five fixtures, um, because there's, you know, there's action everywhere. And shit, how are they on end? What, what did you make I of it? I know. It was a bit of a mental weekend in regards to <laughs> stuff like that. Um the, the big thing from our day, I, I, I've only seen the goal that Rangers scored and then the missed penalty that Dundee had. Um, it's still, Rangers clearly aren't yet fit and firing where they were last season. Again, I said this, we're back in the league and they start dropping off. <laughs> it's like, it's a thing. Yet to come um, to tidy. And I suppose they'll probably do their usual beat us at Ibrox fairly comfortably. But that yeah. Tynecastle game, that, that could be... Very interesting. What exactly. about Asian cum dogs miss though? Jesus, I don't know what he's do- like. It's such a weird penalty because oh. he lo- he looked really confident going up to take it, but then he's run up as soon as he started running. I was like, "Oh, you're missing this! Like, there's no chance of scoring this." Um, so yeah, that would have been that would have been great. Obviously, we would have went tied top of the week if Dundee had managed to score. Uh, Mother will worry me. Yeah, Mother, uh, Mother will <laughs> really worry me just now. They look fantastic. Obviously, the reason that I'm worried by them is because they are opponents next week. But that kind of spawny attitude to be able to keep going to the final whistle, manage to get a point, uh, or three points, sorry. Tony Watt is in, like, career-best form just now. Looks really good, too. Um, he does. He just he looks like the player we were promised, yeah. basically, and never got. I think he, uh, or rather, us and the twenty other clubs that he's previously played for were promised. Yes, um, exactly. But um, yeah, it seems to, seems to have found a home at Motherwell. And it's funny that you mm-hmm. obviously talked about you know them grinding out the win. In essence, Graham Alexander even said afterwards that they weren't particularly at their best, which mm-hmm. again is quite worrying. In the hope that are they saving a decent performance for? the big clash at Tynecastle at the weekend but only time will tell I suppose it says a lot as well if you're not at your best and still winning games yeah, totally. like that, that shows you uh, t- speaking about that I guess the next day Hibs what is it with them just getting ridiculous penalties every single week like it's never it's just not a penalty in any <laughs> way shape or form I, I have to say Jamie McCart's sending off was hilarious I take it you've seen what the second booking was for yes yes <laughs> It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Tremendous. It's just, oh, I don't know. Them finally ending their hoodoo over St Johnston as well, because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe that they hadn't beaten Saints at home since 2012. Yeah. What what a stat that is. Obviously now that's over, so never mind. Yeah. But that's the thing, it's, it's just, I said it two weeks ago, 
the Edinburgh Cubs just seem to be back this year for the first time in like a decade at least, Easy, like a decade yeah. and a half pushing it. Um, so yeah, we both look really good. The the bigger two games, however, were St. Men in Aberdeen and the Stephen Glass Scott Brown experiment I tweeted is going exactly how everybody predicted it. Just it's just being a calamity. Stephen Glass in his press conferences is losing his mind at times where he's just not he's very angry, isn't he? He's so angry <laughs> with the questions that they're getting chucked like are chucked at him. But there's a part of me that thinks is he sort of using this frustration like don't don't take it out on the journalists just trying to do their job. Like why you know, it's their worst run I think since twenty ten. Mm-hmm. So He'll be fully aware of the supposed expectations at Aberdeen. I, I, I don't know why it's not working out. I mean, I'm a big fan of it not working out, but... I, I mean, it's I strange. think it's just because why did they appoint him? Like, what had he shown ever to show that he could but, continue Aberdeen's expected position? But, but the Atlanta link, I mean, it was all working out so well. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I forgot. Um, but yeah, obviously, I'm not chuffed that St Mirren won, but I'm no. chuffed in the vacuum that St Mirren won. Like, in the context of that, I will say, David Bates, I'm delighted we didn't buy him because he looks atrocious every time I've seen him this season. I, uh, I, it's funny you say that because I was sort of wanting that signing to happen, and mm. yet I'm sort of with you. It's not been an ideal start, and I know that his Hamburg career didn't exactly work out. But even then, that was a weird move in the first place anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and also, I mean, I mentioned Stevie May last week. A massive fan of shite Aberdeen strikers scoring the winners against them that Derek McInnes has signed. He will be looking at that Aberdeen team absolutely <laughs> pishing his pants that the fans wanted rid of McInnes. And they just look even worse. It's, it's actually sensational. That's the, coupled with Hearts's, you know, decent recent form, that has easily been my highlight of the season so far, without without question. And then finally, Celtic becoming a mid-table right. side yeah, in so front I, of our eyes. I, I say that, yeah, maybe I said that a bit too soon. My it's just goodness. crazy, like, Ian Harks takes his goal really well. Great like he's, in the, he's, he's in the right place at the right time kind of thing, but it's more for me the... The comments made for uh, by Postacoglu after the game where he was like, yes, the result wasn't there, but the way we played and the style of football is exactly what fans want to see. And the fact that media scrutiny hasn't followed him in the same way that Kashina, it happened to him, it happened to Stendhal with us, it happened to Cathro in terms of how he was different. It's just weird that... I mean, it's, it's, it's weird in terms of it shouldn't be happening. I know why it's happening. But it's ridiculous that he's getting away with this. Because what? He's got like a 43% loss record well, currently. Well, well, this is what I was going to say. I think, <laughs> this sounds a bit bizarre, I think the media have used up their kind of, I don't want to say slagging allocation, but when Celtic crashed out the Champions League, that that was kind of the big one, wasn't it? Or, mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. I was going to say Champions League, but then I wondered, did they crash out the Europa? But then I remember they're in the Europa groups. Him yeah. coming out and saying about the weird expectations. Yes. I don't want to say mm-hmm. that they're papering over cracks, but you get where I'm coming from. Like when you when you have a go at the club's expectations, like you're at Celtic, you spent what twelve million, I think I've, I saw. Yeah. And yet, you know, they're what sixth, chasing down United, Motherwell, Hearts, and Hibs. 
They're already six behind Rangers, all games played. That's insane. Like, that's mental. And when Postcoglu was like, oh, you guys are a bit weird here, where, like, you call the league after seven games, it's like, I, I know no one is. Obviously, we've seen Celtic overturn higher points totals than that and went on to win the league against Rangers. The season that kind of springs to mind is 10-11 for me, where they were, like, nine or ten points behind Rangers. But it's obviously a, they... a stuttering start, to say the least. But Yeah, and, but it's a weird thing for the manager of Celtic to say, because it's like, but you need to understand the pressure that you're under and the expectation that we speak about all the time like the expectation that Hearts fans has of Hearts players and that for years we felt that the players didn't reciprocate that and the management staff potentially didn't reciprocate that as well Postacoglu doesn't seem to get that and it's that's the worst thing that could happen for him yeah it's it's just mental I mean even watching the highlights having said that I was going to touch on that this the Celtic highlights did you see a Yeti's miss Oh, through like three... It's like Gary McKay-Stevens. Like, and I mean, they must have hit the bar about three times. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that it's, I know they dominated the game, but you still need to pick up these results, and that's that's ultimately what he's failing to grasp. And at home as well, where oh. that was kind of his safety blanket, where it was like they were doing and badly at home, but they were... And, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, mental. But never mind all that other nonsense, because we are, of course, going to talk about Heart and Midlothian Football Club. What, I mean... It's just so nice to be positive. <laughs> I've missed this feeling. It's great. And I know that it will fade. You know, I've, <laughs> we've got 20 years of supporting this club. We know exactly what it's like. They paint you a lovely little picture to start the season. Something goes wrong. Then several things go wrong. And then we might pick up toward the end of the season, which gets you then excited for the next season, etc., etc., etc. But, of course... I'm not going to try and be negative this pod. I am going to try and put as positive a spin as I can on it because, let's face it, we are in a good place. Um, Obviously, our last match prior to Livingston was the draw in Dingwall up in the Highlands against Ross County. Um, Hearts did make three changes from a side that were held in the Highlands as a result. Uh, One of those enforced through injury with John Souter dropping out. Um, Gary McKay-Steven and Armand Nongdwee also made way for Michael Smith and Alex Cochran to return Cammy Devlin making his first Hearts start uh, and his Tynecastle debut as we resorted back to the 3-4-3 that you were certainly crying out for McIver what did you make of the team in full? Definitely that was the biggest thing for me it was 3-4-3's back so I'm a lot more confident but additionally I panicked when I saw Souter wasn't in the squad at all because I was the in my head, I was like, the only way that can be happening is he's hurt. And obviously, it has come out that he is hurt, but it's just a niggle and that he's going to be back for this weekend against Motherwell. And in my head, though, I was like, this is the biggest test in terms of the squad and the starting 11 who have started because they're missing arguably the best outfield player. You can make, there's four or five this season so far that you could say have been the best. But in terms of what he brings to others around him, you could argue Suter's the most important because we saw that last how, season, didn't we? Exactly. When Suter came back in, we just looked a different side. And Suter's been so influential for us this season. So naturally you kind of panic a wee bit. However, I we're gonna get into it more and speak generally. However, I said this on Twitter and I said it to you before we started recording. I cannot remember the last time I was in an in attendance physically in the top flight of Scottish football and seen us play that well it is the best performance 
I, and I say that as if like we played better than that in the championship. I don't think. I think the six-two against Dundee, both four 0s against Raid, the six-nil at home against Alawa, all of them weren't as good as this weekend. I think it's the best game of football we have had in genuinely. I can't even give an example of like the last time. I've actually got, and I don't know whether this is because we play them this weekend and they're at the kind of the forefront of my mind and whatnot. I've got the six-nil against Motherwell in my head. In regards to oh, we, we not make the guy for oh. a penalty and Parson just stood Sorry. like that after he did it. Arno Jim's pro- freestyling down in the corner, busts that. a little Ronaldo chop and then gets swiped by the Motherwell scumbag who I can't even recall who it was. But that genuinely right might be that I remember it because it was snowing. I really, yeah. I really remember <laughs> that's that right. game. Yeah, <laughs> um, that genuinely might be it. When was that? 2017. I'm trying to think. I think that was sixteen seventeen, yeah. Like Is that right? It's around that time. So it's been at least it, four years. It, 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 it's the Puma kit, if that's of yes, any any consolation. Yeah. I can yeah. I can remember that game um very well. Um and again I don't know whether that's just because the well are like I say on my mind Maybe. and and the Maybe. stress of the weekend. Um but of course if we go through the, the team you know, in full, Craig Gordon in goal, back three of Taylor Moore, Craig Halkett and Stephen Kingsley, Michael Smith and Alex Cochran at wing-backs, Cammy Devlin and the greatest footballer I've ever seen were in the middle of the park, with Barry Mackay and Ben Woodburn supporting Liam Boyce in attack. In terms of, you know, the first 11, we've obviously mentioned that John Souter would be in there. Um, what else were you particularly surprised by? Because we both called for Gary Mackay Stephen to be dropped. We obviously mm. saw that. Um, and it's fair to say that we kind of reap the rewards as a result. Yeah, definitely. I was—I don't know if I was surprised by GMS's lack of inclusion, but I was delighted with it. I was probably quite surprised that Devlin started because I watched his press conference during the week, and he said he made a point of saying he was like he'd never really heard of double sessions in training when he was in Australia and New Zealand. He'd obviously he played in the Olympics during the summer, so he didn't really have any time off. He spoke about the fact that when he was in Tokyo. Um, that he would, the Olympics would happen during the day, then at night, that was our day. So he was staying awake to get contract talks sorted and trying to be on the phone to us and see what's Fair happening. Fair play to Hearts for obviously taking advantage of his fatigue and getting him to sign. I'm a big exactly. fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Andy just generally said that, and a few people have said this to us on Twitter as well, that... Australians and kind of people coming from that part of the world take a wee bit of time normally to get used to the step up in intensity of the Scottish game generally, both physically and just the speed of it. So when Devlin started, I was thinking that that's potentially a risk. But I was like, it's he'll get taken off in like the 65th minute for hiring. It's all right. I definitely did not expect him to have a the game he had, which we'll get into. But B, to last the full 90 was incredibly impressive. And the fact that he was still... He didn't look tired after it. He was still going for it and really going through it. I think Benny as well... I don't think Benny's had a bad game for us yet. But I think Benny's worst game was last weekend against Ross County. And it was noticeable when Devlin came on in Dingwall that it gave Benny just that bit of support. It allowed him to relax a bit more. I was going to say, sorry, in fairness, Benny was essentially playing at centre mid on his own. And yeah, I know that I've joked and said that he is good yeah. enough. 
I mean, he is the greatest footballer I've ever seen. I'll continue to find that job. But he had to mark player. three people. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's only so much that a man can take on. Yeah, is my point. But that was that was the thing. Devlin just immediately, you could tell. I think Haring would have done the exact same thing. By the way, I'm not just being like Devlin is the reason Benny played so well. I think just having that partner, it allows Benny to just basically be two players. Well. I, I sort of said before we came on air that I had something to ask you. You are mm-hmm. one of the biggest Peter Haring fans that I know, and this is I was now worried perfect, this was going to come. This up. is the perfect reason to drop this question in now. What does this mean for Big Pete? Because I like having Haring in the squad. I think the versatility with him initially having signed as a centre half. Obviously, then being put into midfield, I like him as a bench option in order to fill in either of those gaps. And with Beningame and Devlin, I feel now we've got a midfield partnership that we can build, improve. And look, they're not going to stick around forever, but ultimately Hart should be looking to take in young guys, give them a platform to play and impress, attract that attention and sell them on for profit, which we can do with Beningame and Devlin. We can't with Big Pete, in my opinion, but I do love having him here. And I think he's a decent squad option. But I want to gain your thoughts because obviously... You love that man more than pretty much anyone I know. Adam, he walked straight down the tunnel at the end of the game. He wouldn't clap in anybody. He just turned around and went yeah. back down. Cammy so Devlin good. was the last man to stay on the He was staying and on the pitch. And he got a stand He did. I was at, I'm in the new stand and he, he was the last guy out. Benny was halfway there. Benny, I think, was one of the first people as well, actually, to go down. But he got a massive round of applause. But Devlin was waiting there and he was the last person, and he just looked in awe of everything. But Herring just went straight through the tunnel, and it's panicked me. I'm scared. I what because deals up come the end of the year as well, isn't it? I know. Right? I desperately hope we give him a, an extension. I desperately hope I want a two year deal because I agree with you, right? I think because this is the harsh thing with him. I said this the other week, and Craig Fowler and stuff like that's been saying it as well. I hate. Like, Benny and Haring so far this season have been the best centre mid duo outside the old firm. But Devlin's game was so good. It was like, oh, well, now this is the starting two. And it's so harsh on Pete because he's been really good this season. Decent servant to us as well through some shit times. And I know that that we've obviously repaid the favour by, you know, seeing him through his injury and whatnot, but... He's been one of two bright sparks in the last four years, yeah, and the other one's be. named Michael Smith. Like, th- that's that's been it. Because obviously, yeah, Suter's been here, but he's been hurt for the majority yeah, yeah. of that time. I know Herring has. It's funny as well. how we always hurt back to those three, though. I, I was just thinking yeah, that. I thought yeah. I'd be inclined to chuck John Suter in, but then if, he, if he's been struggling with injury and whatnot. Again. And I know Herring has as well. I know that he was yeah. out for so long, but he was so like he had more game time than Suter has had. But I, it all comes down to me. I think we'd be ridiculous not to offer him a deal. For me, is arguably apart from maybe Smith, he's been my favourite player of the last decade for us. Like I love you, that you do man. Proper love for Pete. I love that man so much. But I worry that he might go, I don't want to just be a bench option. Because he's good enough to start in every other team in and, this league. And this is the thing, that's what I was going to say. It's it's understandable that you, you couldn't fault him if that were yeah, the case. of course not. And 
don't want to say it's a sacrifice, but ultimately, if he's looking at the bigger picture, that that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for us. And it's quite sad to say because I I love Big Pete as well. But I think again, I think no, I disagree with that. I think it would be a disaster for us if he leaves because I think just, it would just be for very hard. Yeah, it would be incredibly yes, yes, hard yes, to yeah. replace Peter Haring. Like Devlin is obviously mm, coming and being fantastic. Fair. I I'm in love with him, right? But <laughs> We, I will say, we have only had one game. What if Devlin gets hurt? What if Devlin gets Wait, hurt for, hold on and a is second. out for ages? Are you actually using some form of realism rather than getting no, carried away? N- no, I'm not saying about ability. Cammy Devlin's, the be- Cammy Devlin's better than Benny Beningamy, right? I'm saying this now. How dare right? you? How <laughs> dare you? That is what absolute I mean is, nonsense. What if he breaks his leg next week and then he's out for however long? It's like, well, then Big Pete will be playing every single week and we'll oh need him. Oh, my God. You've just tempted fate. See, if he goes down against Motherwell, <laughs> you're getting the blame for that. Hey, hey, you said last week attempted fate that he'd be rubbish. He then put on one of the greatest games I've ever seen for a Hearts player. So now I think he's going to, like, he'll come out with four legs because I've said he might break one and he'll just be, be running about everywhere as he already was just, doing. Just off to find a replacement like that. Yeah, yes, no exactly. Um, yeah. Look, it's early, but it's encouraging. Um, yes. if, if, if we talk about the 90 as a whole, I'm always a big advocate for Hearts getting off to a flying start. Was that the case Saturday in, in your eyes? I wouldn't say a flying start, but I've disagreed with a lot of people who have said, oh, it was a bad opening 20. I disagree with that. I think it was just a patient opening 20. I think we were waiting to see what Livingston were going to do. I think there was an expectation that they potentially were going to be like what they did against Celtic, where they were allowing Celtic a lot of the ball in Celtic's half and in the first third, and then as soon as Celtic entered their final third, they would press and really try and focus on the counter-attacks but not just by punting a long ball. They kind of managed to play it through the channels. Jason Holt was really effective in their game against Celtic. And I think that's what they wanted to do against us. So I think Laurie Dunsire, a friend of the show and obviously Hearts TV commentator, he tweeted that after the game. He was saying that it was a great game, amazing, but he disagreed with the people. There was genuinely some almost booing in the first 20 minutes. Majority of it was just kind of that like, Ah, noise. Whenever it happened a lot when Benny played a pass backwards to either Halkett, Moore, or Kingsley, and I was just kind of going, "It's nineteen minutes in. Like, go and calm down a wee bit. Like, we're getting there." It, Livingston never once looked like they were going to score, ever. Like, no, no, they didn't at they, all. They they set out their stall, didn't they? And I think it's probably just a lack of patience thing amongst Hearts fans, which you know, yeah. Is a common occurrence. Everybody knows that if we don't get the fast start that I and many others crave, the crowd are very quick to turn on the 11 that are wearing maroon on the park. Um, but you mentioned the, the opening 20 hearts would take the lead on 25 minutes. Lovely drop of the shoulder from Barry Mackay and a pretty decent weighted ball to the back stick. Alex Cochran, a calm volley back to his wing-back partner who... I have absolutely no idea why Michael Smith is floating <laughs> in that vicinity, generally. I do. I but do. smashes home with his supposed weaker left foot. Fantastic strike, great goal. And the one thought that I had in my head was, having seen that Michael Smith opened the scoring for Hearts, is, 
I beg that my podcast co-host did not chuck money on Michael Smith to open the scoring as he so often does and then later I see that that was the case come on then talk, talk us through the bit that's why he was there because he knew I had money on him he was like Daniel I've got you son don't <laughs> back, worry back at the 11 and making you dough fantastic exactly so yes he's, he's always 33 to 1 so I always put a couple of pound on him so I get about 70 back however I put a pound on Suter because it was his birthday so I was like oh that would be nice but then obviously he didn't play and it voided it so I put the extra pound on so it was £3 on 33 to 1 so I got £99 well actually I got 102 because I got my bet back who who was that with? bet 365 365 you have and truly mugged yourselves off I've got about about 600 quid off them since the start of the championship season all through Michael Smith and one Armand Nandwele double. This is what I was going to ask. With regards to Michael Smith, I think I heard Laurie say that it's his sixth goal for Hearts. How many of these have been first goal scorers? Because you've made an absolute minimum first goal. Well, this is the thing, because I can recall an equaliser against Wraith Rovers at Bayview... I didn't put money on that. No, but the others, I'm fully convinced that the other remaining five have genuinely been first goal scorers. I can't remember them all, but I remember the Motherwell one, which was a Rafer. Yeah. Yep. Dundee at home. Dundee at home, championship. I think he scored first against Ayr as well that last season at home, the 5-3 game. I'm pretty sure he scored first, then Kingsley scored the free kick. The weekend, I can't remember the fifth one. That's one that we should have done our research before coming on here. I know. But, but it, was, it was only when I thought of that Rovers one, I was like, hold on a second. Have the other five actually all come as first goals? That must be... Yes, they have. That must be such a rarity. Yes, they have, Adam. And I have bet on every single one of them. And they've yes. come in. However, so obviously I was delighted with the goal in general because of that. But for me, that's goal of the season. So was far. a great goal. Was a great it goal beats Kingsley's up. free kick last week, in my opinion. Because of the build-up. I don't mean just the hit. Actually, I mean the drop. Sorry, mate. Talking about that uh, Kingsley free kick, I don't know whether you watched the Sunday sports scene. Did you see Stephen Naismith yeah. trying to put it forward for goal of the month? <laughs> Stephen Thompson was having none of it. I lo- love <laughs> Naismith. Love Naismith. It was so great. But sorry to cut um, you off. I had to drop that in there. No, it's all right. It's the it's the drop of the shoulder from Mackay is incredible. God, it just. Honestly, that first half, he had that left-back completely. I think he went past him eight times. I wonder who said to Hearts that they should sign Barry Mackay. I mean, whoever whoever put that idea forward, they must really know their ball. Right. If it's the same person that suggested Andy Halliday, they probably (laughs) don't. (laughs) So, we're 50-50. It cancels each other out so far. I'd argue um, I've got a 66% success rate. Because of GMS. Because of GMS. I'll slide that in there. Right. But in um, all seriousness, Barry Mackay was excellent, wasn't he? He was, I think he would have felt hard done by alongside Devlin and Cochrane if any of them hadn't got man in the match, they'll feel hard done by. Uh, because Barry Mackay was involved in all three goals, as was Cochrane. The turn's amazing. The cross is actually, initially, as soon as he hit it, I went, eyes ah, over, hit that. But then I looked and saw Cochrane was completely unmarked. And I'm like, oh, I actually think he's aiming for Cochrane. It's genuinely just perfect weight, isn't it? Which is one of them, like you say, 
you kind of initially think, oh, it's one of those that I think it just shanks out of play like nine, ten mm-hmm. times. It eventually just trickles and bubbles off the ground and whatever. But it genuinely is inch perfect. And the volley back from Alex Cochran, oh, beautiful. It's so good. It's so good. And then the hit from Smith is genuinely incredible. Like it's, And as you said, weak foot as well. Like, it's just unbelievable. And Gorgeous goal. What a way, by the way, to like, in all factors, shut up critics. Because people were like, oh, I don't know if he should be in the team because he can't play a wing-back role. That shut everybody up with how well he played. <laughs> then people going, I don't know if he gets forward enough because he's quite defensive. Well, he was on the fucking penalty spot. Then, Obviously I don't know if he's fans very comments good. to heart, isn't he? Exactly. Then going, I don't know if he's a goal scorer. Then having <laughs> goal of the season so far. That's why he went like that. It wasn't to your mother or fans. It was to us. Going, right, aye. Come on then. Yeah, it, oh, and you know, he had, a, he had an effort later on in the first half. Oh my I God, think, it was right on half time. Is it Barry Mackay chased it down even? Yes. And he, he just smashes one, and I, I just watched the highlights like, oh my god! It looks like the best volley I've ever seen. And I, and I know, I, listen, we're both massive Michael Smith fans, but even I was going, Jesus Christ! Like, what a return from you know injury and whatnot. Worth the wait, obviously worth Crazy. the wait in the ninety minutes for that goal, given mm. the supposed sluggish start. But how good is it to have the main man Mick back in the equation? What a player! I just love him. I love him so much. Please do not get hurt on Northern Ireland duty again. We'll come to that. Because we'll it happened that. last time. Fucking stay fit. Yeah. The Green and White Army have a lot to answer for. Yes, exactly. Um, but of course, then, kind of, I, I don't know, five, ten minutes after we open the scoring, Ben Woodburn sends in a wicked free kick after the goal, looks for Craig Halkett, who also has a chance second half to score against these former yeah. employers. Um yeah. I see a lot of criticism with regards to, to Craig Halkett still. I have been, you know, I don't want to say too critical. We, we picked up on his Parkhead performance, everybody knows. But in terms of improvement and one of our better players this season, I think Halkett's really gone under the radar, to be honest. And I, I think the change of shape's the best thing to have happened to him. Obviously, John Suter coming back, like we've said, was, again, another massive factor as to why he's been brilliant for us. Um, and thought that he was actually pretty unlucky to not find himself on the score sheet against Livy, like I say. He's been our most improved player so far this season, and he's been probably... I know I agree with you when you say that Kingsley is probably our most underrated player in general. However, I think Halkett this season has been our most underappreciated yeah. player. He could easily fit into that bracket, couldn't he? Mm-hmm. But Definitely. Ju- and ju- just think... with this season's performances anyway. Yes, exactly. And that's the big thing. This past weekend really proved it to me because Suter wasn't there. And, and it still was like... admirably in. Yeah. And look, I know that we've got to take into account the opposition. I've yes, harped on about Livingston that they will get relegated and that they didn't pose much of a threat. Mm-hmm. But, again, I think it's been just emblematic of his season so far sorry to drop that in there yet again but he has show sure enough that you know the word now <laughs> yes yeah, only taking me 20 years um but yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I think he's been one of our our better performers despite you know everybody harps on about the midfield me and benny beningame in particular um the front three the interchanging and whatnot but yeah how could how could deserves a bit more praise in my eyes listen 
Halkett obviously got brought off with a concussion sub uh, at the weekend and it meant it brought an end to the fact that he has played every single minute of the last 50 games I can't believe that a lot of games are them, right? People would rightly criticise their performance. His performance. We ourselves have done that. However, you can't be a such a mainstay of that squad when we have just been in a continual upturn, particularly this season, and not deserve your place in that. And he has been. I've been very, very impressed with him this season. And what a time to do it when your contract's expiring at the end of the season and you need to try and earn a deal. It's funny you mentioned that previous 50 games and now notice that we've equalled our home wins tally and general wins tally from the last time that we were in the Premiership after seven games. Yep. So that's essentially less than a quarter of the 30 games that we last played in the top tier. So if you ever need any case as to why Hearts and Craig Halkett have improved so drastically, you know, the proof's in the pudding. There you go, right there. Four, four wins from seven games as opposed to four wins from 30 um, and two Tynecastle victories. Like, does anybody actually realise how honking we were the last time that we were in the I Premiership? Think, I think every good result we get this year is really compounding it. <laughs> yeah. The, the disappointment of, like, dropping two points, but yet when we actually win, it's... I don't know. It's just such a, such a nice feeling again to, to yeah. be winning matches in, in the Premiership. Wow, what what a novelty. <laughs> exactly. Um, but a key part as to why we are winning these matches is none other than another Northern Irishman, Liam Boyce, up front. Obviously, Hearts win a penalty on 33 minutes. Um, and Benny Beningame and Cammy Devlin, this is where the bromance brews um, with winning the penalty. Beningame is eventually the one that draws the foul. Some, you know, some nice footwork let's say from from the pair of them mm-hmm. in the penalty area before Beningame is brought down blatant pen isn't it oh of course he just um, studs him in the ankle and I don't know why Livy protest Boise steps up tucks it away 9 goals 12 games I don't want to jinx things but there's a lot of talk being compared to a legendary ex-striker I'll say no more than that you know, you get what I'm alluding to here. Mm-hmm. Could he? Well, this is the thing, right? Liam Boyce is the best striker we've ever seen play for this club. That is, that's a fact. He's better than De Vries. Probably. He's better than Jankowskis. He's better than Lafferty. He's better than Bednar. I know Bednar wasn't really Kyle a striker. Elliott. Yes, definitely. Beat him. Like, yeah, of course. Beat is hard because he had four games. Da- David Whittemine, Jamie Mole. Callum Elliott, he's on levels with Callum Elliott. That's who I'll put him on. Um, um, David Abua, Christian Nadi. I was just about to say Abua. Abua was literally the best I was going to say. But like, we've seen some right things. shite over the years, haven't yeah. we? But then also, like, Osman So and stuff like that. I who loved Osman So. Yeah. So, Boyce is. I literally. I, I should have bet on this because as he stepped up, my brother went, he's going down the middle. And I went, he's going to go middle, bottom, right. And it was exactly where the ball went. And my brother just looked at me and was like, what is your luck the day? Middle, what bottom, right. What do you yeah, because he, he didn't put it right in the corner. corner. But yeah, yeah, he okay. didn't put it right in the corner. It was like in between the right-hand side and the middle. Um, it, listen, he's just been on fire. Like he said on this very podcast, 
a few weeks ago. Don't his target is great plug. Yep, exactly. <laughs> his target is ten by Christmas. He's going to hit it within the next two games. Oh, don't tempt fate. Jesus. I don't like this. <laughs> in the, in we, our goes on a 14-game barren know, run. We know exactly what's happening here. You, you know, we'll be sent this clip a couple months down the line. I didn't say it. It was solely McIver's words. I'm sorry, Boise. I'm sorry that you've now gone on this run. Sorry. No, just, it's fine. Just, I believe in them. As long as you bag the winner on Saturday, that's fine. There, yes, exactly. There's your target, and we can, we'll forgive you. But just incredible. Uh, Joel Sked shared a thing where on the comparisons to that legendary striker, it was an article in the Evening News, and someone replied on Facebook, it was a genuine point because they kept arguing about it in the comments, <laughs> that Boyce should barely be on the bench. Oh, he doesn't do that. enough in because games. Because we've got so many more options up front, and I'm looking at yes. the bench thinking, Nandwili could come on. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about you know Nandwili coming on and changing the complexion of the game. And literally nobody else. You can so, play an out of position Josh Janelli, Jamie Walker, Gary McKay, Stephen, but they're out of position. But so many options. Exactly, like, like some nonsense that folks speak. And I know that's rich coming from us, pair, but I know exactly. I it is a bit like <laughs> actually that can kettle. make us think that we're not that bad. I know. If you, this is the thing. This is how you should always live your life. If you're about to say something. And in your head you go, could Daniel and Adam make fun of this? You're probably not saying it. Because if we can mock it, it must be a nightmare take. Because some of the stuff we've come Have out with Have your backup kids. Preparation exactly. is key. I'm telling you. But just Boyce is incredible. He's, I've seen so many people be like, oh, well, he wouldn't be top goal scorer if he is this season if it wasn't for penalties. Well, he's tied with Martin Boyle, who scored basically every goal, him with penalties as well. It's Penalties exist in football. I've never understood that argument where it's like... It's, oh, it's if my, he t- one of my biggest pet hates. He's still got to tuck it away. How, exactly. How, how, how many missed pens have we seen? We saw Jason Cummings miss his at the weekend. Exactly. It's just ridiculous. I'm delighted you it's said that. Stupid, it's a stupid argument. But even if you took away the penalties, it's like, right, fine, I'll even give you that. He's been outstanding in basically every game he does because it's his all-round game. Speaking to a Hibs fan that I know in my work who was saying the same as what we've said, what a lot of Hearts fans have said. Before he came to us, there was this image of Liam Boyce that he was just a poacher, goal hanger, like that's all he did. But when you actually watch him, it's so different. His all-round game is outstanding. He didn't have a lot to do in terms of actual... that kind of stuff with his goal on Saturday. Obviously, it was a penalty. But it's another thing. I was saying that to my dad, actually. Barring Sean Clare in recent years, I can't think of such a reliable penalty taker. You're always confident when he steps up, aren't you? Yeah. And I think this is something else. I don't even feel as though he was on his best. Or at his best yeah. on, on mm-hmm. Saturday and he still bags so I, I don't want to hear folk chatting about you know I can't believe that folk would question if he doesn't actually do enough my criticism last season was that he wasn't getting enough service now he's got the service doesn't have to perform to his best every week and can still pop up with goals 51 folk games still criticise 51 games 26 goals 14 assists that's a phenomenal record that's unbelievable. Literally, literally, what one in two? Better than one in yeah. two, and that's yeah. you know, the, that's the aim for every striker, isn't it? To have that magic one in two. Um, but first half comes to a close after you know Michael Smith's thunderous effort that we previously alluded to, 
Livingston didn't really do a lot. There was a ball that Jason Holt <laughs> sent into the box that's begging to be stabbed home, but considering they'd just beaten Celtic, you know, they did set their stall out, but surely he'd come with a little bit more ambition, no? And I know that David Martindale talked about afterwards that they'd gone to Ibrox in midweek in the League Cup, that they'd had Celtic, you know, the previous weekend. But still, like, it just offered nothing. This is, why, this is why I don't like them. You know, they offer nothing with their stadium, their fans, the club in general. They try, like, why, why not try and have a go and make it somewhat of a spectacle? But no, you're holding on for, at best, a point. Embarrassing. That was the thing. Uh, there was like 80 Livy fans there. It's just shambles, mate. It's a disgrace. Liv- you contribute nothing to the Scottish game. I'm sick of saying Livy, it. Are Livy the only clubs that don't get at least half the Roseburn in the week? No, I can't imagine that Ross County would bring down a fair whack. Oh, that's, I forgot about Ross County. Because I, I, I was like, I talk about Dundee St Johnston do. a fair bit as well. I don't think St Johnston... Would either. No, but they still get it. They still get yeah. it. I don't know if they sell it, but they get it. But Livy only had the the final strip of the Roseburn closest to Section M. And there was about 80 folk there. They've but had yeah. their time, man. It, you know, these clubs come up and stay for too long. Like, Aki's are another. Like, you've had In fairness, I will say this, though. And There's something to be I admired think, about them staying up. No, not that. Not the, that. Like, Proving the doubters wrong, but come not on. that. It's that. It's that. I think we'd be called not hypocritical, but it would be funny for us because it's like if you don't like them, beat them. And for so many years, we've not done that. No, that's that's what I mean in terms of you know proving the doubters wrong, and they'll nick the odd result here and there. But really, for the most part, oh. yeah, it's been annoying that they've been here, but they've been here. I guess Just, you could argue a merit. Yeah. No. Listen, they've got to earn it. And they have yeah. done. But stay for like a season or two. Come on, you're taking a piss now. Um, they were atrocious. They were absolutely... I don't want to... I really disagreed with some people being like, yeah, we were good, but oh, is it because they playing. were rubbish? <laughs> but it's like, no, because we made them that bad. They were bad. Listen, the Livingston, I think you're right. I think... Obviously, we've still not had the full round of fixtures yet. Yeah, we're a few weeks away from that. Well, but they're in bother. I, they're, they're in real trouble. They're in real, real trouble. And yet they still beat Celtic. I know, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Massive fan of that. In fact, I take exactly. back everything I said. Just keep them in the league yeah. just to rob those points off Celtic every year. That'll do me. But we were fantastic. That first half especially. Obviously, when you're 2-0 up against Livingston, the points are in the bag then. Like, it makes sense that the second half we weren't as free-flowing. We weren't as attacking. We only scored one instead of two and stuff like that. And we kind of... T- I'll get to it in a bit because this wasn't in the highlights so you won't have seen it. The final five minutes, we just started taking the piss and it was so <laughs> funny. Um, obviously, that's going to happen. But we made them that bad. We made them sit in that deep. When, in the second half, I can't remember when it was, they had one shot on target and it P-rolled towards Craig Gordon and most of the newsstand stood up and applauded it. <laughs> oh, just oh, terrible terrible I I had them to finish 12th for a reason so anybody you had Aberdeen to finish like 5th though you even said that at the weekend that looks generous now Um, (laughs) I know but yeah first half comprehensive did catch the 90 so by then the game's done Um, but there were a couple opportunities in the second half 
Stephen yeah. Kingsley, unlucky not to bag a second free kick in as many weeks. I oh, thought. can we can we just speak about that a minute? Because everybody in the ground thought it was a penalty. Well, okay, because I was going to tie in. You know, Ben Woodburn has the initial free kick, which mm-hmm. strikes Andrew Shinney, which is what you're going to touch on. Mm-hmm. I, when I was watching it, looked back and actually thought he was pretty fortunate to stay on the park. There was a challenge on Stephen Kingsley in the first half, oh, so which was a bad. shocker. And he escaped any form of punishment. So then that would have equated to his first booking. And we've obviously mentioned Jamie McCart sending for St Johnston. So surely then that second yellow from the handball would have seen him sent off. But that wasn't the case. Um, What what were you going to say with regards to... So the the Hearts Twitter thought it was a penalty. Everybody in the stadium thought it was a penalty. Because the ref... So it's right on the line. Where the wall is, is right on the line. So, they jump. The ref blows his whistle and doesn't immediately point for a free kick. I think, I think Obelai is an, is annoyed at it, and Obelai was standing in kind of like in front of the penalty spot. So I think the ref points at Obelai, and it made everybody go, "He's given a penalty!" So we all celebrated. But then there was, it was like, "Yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> the, oh, what's that?" The enjoyment. And then they kind of like. They kind of stepped back a bit, but then Kingsley really like walked forward, and Boyce went over to get the ball. So fans started going, "It's a penalty!" And then the wall lined up, and it was like, "What oh. is going on?" <laughs> it wouldn't be like the officials to have an absolute nuke. I mean, oh, I know. we mentioned the around the grounds. I think you could list at least one poor refereeing decision yeah. from every game at every ground. Um, yeah. It's just I'm sick of talking about officials, man. Honestly, they're actually yeah. horrendous. Um, and you know again we, we mentioned the Kingsley free kick initially great strike does everything right yeah. again aiming for that top left hand corner but it was actually a decent save from, uh, it from was. Max Strijic it was a good save. Um, but he also makes another save I think 10 minutes later as Barry Mackay is presented with a glorious chance to grab yeah. his first goal uh, for the Jambos I owe I mean that signing even talking about how honking Livingston are They'd have seen how decent he was for Queen of the South as a holding midfielder. And yet, when I write up the previews, they play him at centre-half, where he was shit. I know. And we saw that in the Championship last season. So, crazy. But a slack back pass from him. Barry Mackay nips in as a result. Looks to dink Strychek. (laughs) Does he do everything right? Is it just a good save? Yeah, I think it's a great save. Because I don't know whether he ought to keep it on the deck and kind of drill one across him. I don't know. I that would have been really hard to do. His logic is this keeper's going to run and slide. So if I get this over him, it's in. It's in. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair. I, Can I just I, say, I, I see just in that moment, your thoughts. Uh-huh. See in that moment, Barry Mackay is fast as fuck, and it really showed in that moment. Like I was like, oh, he's quite fast. Like it was a slack back pass, when... but it still looked as though it would eventually trickle, didn't it? It just like it's from yeah. a stand and start as well. It's not like he's at pace; like he's just walking along, not expecting anything, and then just immediately. And when we've when we've had a look at players that come in and question their fitness, you know, signing as that free agent, there's obviously the question marks with regards to fitness, sharpness. Again, looks as though he's up yeah. to speed already, which is fantastic. Um, what a signing! I mean. Great. He's been. Listen, as I said, right, I had no expectations going in because I just didn't know who he was. (laughs) I just had no experience of him. So it's kind of like he was weirdly. He was like Cochrane, 
where it was like, I don't know what to expect from you. Looking forward to seeing what you can do. I've been so impressed with him. He's probably our best winger. And it's funny that you mention Alex Cochran because Barry Mackay makes up for said miss with a lovely inviting ball off the right-hand side. It's decent hold-up play, I think, from Armand Nondwe off the bench. And he does a wee flick. He does a wee flick in behind as well. This is what I was going to ask. Is it a ricochet or is it a flick? Because, again, I maybe need to see it. (laughs) I maybe need to see another um, angle and whatnot. But from Jordan, I think, who is, you know, the videographer, friend of the show, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's his video... From that angle, I mean, it's a ridiculous ball from Barry Mackay. How he sees that, I've got no idea. Um, flashes it across goal, and there's Alex Cochran, who you've touched on. Home, or rather, rushes to stab home. You know, three goals, three points, job done. Again, another fantastic goal. The two goals from open play were sensational. And Barry Mackay involved in both. Alex Cochran involved in both. What a wee duo. I was so happy for him. He went mental. He didn't know what he'd do because I didn't realise it was his first goal ever in professional football. I thought it was just his first goal for us. That's what we can give you, people. There you go. Magic moments like that. Get that in your recruitment video, Joe Savage. He was... Honestly, I I think Alex Cochran has been the the most underrated signing we've made this season because, like, obviously... Taking the headlines have been people like Benny, Devlin in that game, Barry McCann and Woodburn look really exciting. Stuff it's like always that. the attacking players, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Defenders never exactly. get any credit. I know they don't, and it always makes me sad. So I'm sticking up for defenders here. But Cochrane is just... I, honestly, I just don't think Cochrane's put a foot wrong so far, and especially at the weekend. As I said, him, Devlin and McKay all had arguments to be man of the match. Cochrane was so good he just handled everything I will just want to say I'll just mention them here because it's similar I gave Taylor Moore a bit of a hard time last week because I felt that against Ross County he wasn't great I did say at the time I was like I'll give you the caveat that it was his debut from the start and he was out of position I thought Taylor Moore was exceptional at the weekend in his natural centre half position there was a moment where I'll, I'll say it now because it was in the final 10 minutes Taylor Moore does a Rabona switch out to Nandwili, who chests it down to Devlin, who roulettes out past his defender, then, like, backheels it to Kingsley, who chips it over the defender to Cochrane, who just puts it wide. It was Liquid like the eighth, It was like the 88th minute, and it was the best passenger play I think I've ever seen from a Hearts team. And it started with a Rabona cross for Taylor Moore, a centre half. How, how ironic is it that it's the best passage play we've ever seen from a Hearts team and didn't result in anything? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was another one like that. Nandwili had a shot over the bar oh. that was miles oh. over. He blazed but the over, passage but a tiny play yeah, yeah. was great. It, yeah, was it was so nice. Tricks and flicks. I think Woodburn's at the heart yeah. and eventually gives him it back, but... Yeah, that, that was kind of the final chance, really, wasn't it? I was thinking while we were, you were harping on about Alex Cochran there. Scarves around the funnel recently had Jamie McDonald on, and they were talking mm-hmm. about the goalkeepers' union. Is this now you essentially forming defenders, a defenders union? Yeah. Defenders <laughs> union, it absolutely is. I will say also, With Cochran and you, you said that uh, it was the last chance. It wasn't, and it's bollocks. Because oh, Armand he's played clean through, and then the fight he's goes. <laughs> What is the ref doing there? You hear the stadium go, 
Oh, that's such a shame. Because he's well, it's so just Nando that was raging. Yeah. <sighs> Gutted um, for him. Yeah, no, I, I did find that quite amusing when I watched the the film 90 back. But yeah, just absolutely delighted. You know, I, I right. wanted a comprehensive victory over Livingston. I wanted us to batter them. I've got to be honest, didn't see it coming. And like I said, delighted with a clean sheet first and foremost. Three goals, fantastic. Equaled the win tally. Positives are plenty. And I, I genuinely was so pleased. It made my weekend. Can we speak about them now? Can we oh, speak sure. about him now? Go right. On. Here's a statement and a half. Oh, no. <laughs> Not another one. <laughs> Cameron Devlin's debut was the best debut for a Hearts player I have ever seen in the flesh. Tynecastle debut. Because it obviously made his debut, technically speaking, at County. Yeah. But, like, starting debut. Yes, like, his first start. Yes. Best start I've ever seen in the flesh. I, I was I'll, think was, is, uh, I was thinking Mark DeVries was his first start, not that. I wasn't there that though. Derby. I wasn't there. No, of course. I, I noticed that you've chucked in, I the, was in the flesh to obviously, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had to be to, there to solely demo. Yeah. yeah, but I will also say mm. here's another big statement. It was better than Benny's debut. Right, well, I'm going to chuck out adverts <laughs> for a podcast partner. Anybody that's watching this and fancies a gathering with the now. Gorgie every week, you know where it's. You know what's good. Listen. Fire me a tweet, email, any of that shenanigans. Drop me a message. Listen. That is a ridiculous statement. How very you, dare you? You weren't there. You didn't see it, right? That <laughs> no, wasn't. Honestly. Sorry. Some of us have to Honestly. work. <laughs> I'm raging. And literally, the weekend I've put in to work four o'clock till 11 in the morning on Saturday then I'm coming straight up to go to the game catch up with Motherwell mates beforehand get a couple pints so I swear to God hearts if you do not replicate that performance you will find one angry fan I don't even care if we scrape a win I want a fully comprehensive performance you you lot are owe me the last journey I made up from here was the derby and look how that turned out that's why I was raging it was nothing to do with the fact that you know either side could have nicked it it's just a four-hour round trip for what? That? Come on. Right, listen, listen. Benny Benigami has been outstanding, flawless, everything, right? He is the greatest player that I've ever seen. I don't know how many times I've got to tell you this. I don't know but why this is you the still thing. question it. You've not seen Cami Devlin play yet in the flesh, right? I actually it, haven't. That's I bizarre. That, yeah. It is, uh, can I just say, we were talking about Craig Halkett and the lack of action. I hate when hearts are at home and not being there. It's so weird. It's ge- it feels wrong. Yeah. I can't. I genuinely can't. If you weren't there, I can't explain how good he was because I I can't remember the last time I've seen a hearts player. Genuinely, never mind in his debut. Just generally, run about from the first minute to the ninetieth minute, and every run he made be influential. Because you get some people who just run about a lot and you're and like, oh, well, busy they're and they're not doing anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Devlin, he had something like 148 touches of the ball and 98% pass accuracy. He went up for six aerial duels and despite being four foot six, won <laughs> five of them. He's never he, a hearts player in a million years. Far too yeah, <laughs> like, there was There was another moment, it happened, like I said, in the Ross County game where he tracked back and made a challenge. He saved us from conceding. At what, the only time I was like, oh, they've got an overlap here. It was the 55th minute 
we were comfortable and then they broke and it was a complete three on two I think Kingsley and Moore had both pushed up for a corner a free kick or something a throw in and it was just Halkett and Devlin they then broke and Devlin like about four seconds before the the Livy guy played the ball Devlin starts sliding and just kept sliding and connects with the ball and sends it flying he then gets immediately back up because it's landed at Jason Holt's feet run does another sliding challenge through Jason Holt gets the ball traps it before it goes out and then plays it off Holt and it goes out for a throw in that got a standing ovation from section N the entirety of section N stood up and gave him a, like a full on standing ovation I feel as though we've got to kind of talk about the elephant in the room with regards to, to Cammy Devlin so as a lot of you will know, I work for WhoScored.com by doing their Scottish Premiership previews. I didn't know why you mentioned this, right? No, I didn't know why you mentioned I feel, this. I feel as though we've got to. I know that you wouldn't, but I feel as though we've got to. And needless to say, you know, I do the previews and the previews only. So when I tweet out the team of the week, don't fire your abuse at me. because it's I not, feel it's, so bad for it's, you. No, it's not, no, do you know what? It's part and parcel of the job. That's fine. I, I can accept that. I'm, I'm merely you know, trying to build contacts. Ryan Edwards, the Dundee United centre-half, has followed me back on Twitter as a result. So shout out to him. It's worked out. It's and worked du- out. And Dundee United actually quote-tweeted me the other day, which was, which was great. So that's nice. Um, but, you know, it, it's trying to raise my general profile by tweeting out the team of the week because it attracts a lot of controversy. Um, Cammy Devlin was rated the second best Scottish Premiership player at the weekend he was 0.05 rated worse than Jota the Celtic winger again absolute disgrace he had a decent game but so what you know Celtic dropped points at home to Dundee United Um, and yeah you know our only representative was Cammy Devlin which again you've highlighted three or four players that could have easily made that team. So that highlights how decent he actually was on Saturday. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in the flesh. It's, it's Honestly. And, he was just so yeah. good. Well, and he was also... Don't, it was don't that know, thing don't that know what said. else there is to say. Stop firing me abuse. I'm sorry. You can fire me abuse for the previews if I get the scores wrong. I, <laughs> I can accept that. Scores are tricky to gauge. It's, it's a hard job. It's easy doing all the team news and the writing and all this shit, but actually trying to predict the score is solid. Adam's shooting. Adam's shooting now. No, I've, 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 I've got to comfort people, mate, because this annoys me. It's not, it's not, it's not my doing. It, it's other people that are making these ratings. Had it been up to me, Benny Beningame would get a ten every week, and he'd be the Scottish <laughs> Premiership Player of the Season. But he's not. So, you know, just take it easy. And yes, Cammy Devon was exceptional. I'm not disputing that. And I, I would make the case for several Hearts players. That's all I'm trying to say. But he was brilliant. Case he was both. just, he was exceptional. And it was that thing that you said right at the start of this episode. He was just delighted. He was just <laughs> everything he did. As I said, when Cochrane scored, everybody was like, yes, Taylor Moore was really buzzing with him. Devlin ran, and it was his first game at home, and picked up Cochrane, and was just like turning to the crowd, celebrating. He was the last person on the park, applauding everybody. He went round every stand, clapping. And he's also just great. I love him. He's Paul Hartley. He's the new Paul Hartley. This is where both he and the club know exactly what they're doing you know they say that a first impression is everything Cammy Devlin wants to get the fans on side because he's not daft <laughs> he knows that he's got to you know work his bollocks off 
and ultimately appease the supporters that are paying his wages. And the club are smart because that tweet that they put out with regards to get, find you somebody the way that Cammy Devlin looks at everybody, they know exactly that they want to feed in and make him a fan's favourite if it adds on to his value for resale or whatever. So, do you know what? We're in a great place. Both Cammy Devlin, the entirety of the playing squad, Hart and Midlothian on the whole. It's actually, it's so nice to be talking about our football club in a positive How weird life. is it? We were saying this before we went uh, on air and how people have been tweeting us that it's weird hearing us just in uniform agreement. Like, I mean, we've managed to somehow have an argument about who's better, Devlin or Beningame, but we've got that, the best midfield two. Yeah, we've got the best midfield two since Xavi and Iniesta. So there's going to be debates between it. But <laughs> Massive just... fan of that tweet. I think it was at Connor HMFC with the specs and cleaning them off and there's champion in the and those two. Oh, sensational, man. Brilliant. Incredible. Incredible. And you'll get to see Xavi and Iniesta do their thing uh, this coming Saturday as we host Motherwell at Tynecastle. Third meets fourth. Big game, even so early on in the season. Um, and I think it'll be right up there in terms of the trickiest tests that we've encountered because the Steelmen are just in fine form. Um, I'm going to chat with a Motherwell mate actually previewing this game, so I'll send out the link to that um, on, on Twitter and whatnot. So I'm looking forward to getting a chat with Stevie. But his team are flying. Unbeaten in six league matches, haven't lost since the opening day in the league, um, despite being knocked out of the Premier Sports Cup by Dundee. But looking at their fixtures since the loss to Hibs, like I say, at Far Park, claimed a point at McDermott Park in a one-all draw with St Johnston. One away at Livy, coming from behind by two goals to one. Edged out Dundee at home, 1-0. Beat Aberdeen pretty comfortably, 2-0 at Fir Park again. Claimed a point at Ibrox, which is another fixture that's got me worried, given we play Rangers after the international break. Everybody knows I'm not a fan of the international break and it potentially ruining Hearts' mojo. And, of course, their win over County at the weekend um, with Tony Watts' late winger. So, what are we anticipating from Motherwell, mate? Because... Like I say, I've had a, a couple chats with, with pals, Motherwell mates. Um, Callum Slattery in midfield has obviously earned rave reviews. Bagged his first goal at the weekend with a stunning strike. The front three are terrifying me. You know, the boy Willery looks really good as the winger. Big Van Veen up front. I know he's turned into something of a cult hero already. And given how his heart's career transpired, it would be so typical of Tony Watt to equal or better his heart Midlothian tally at the weekend, having obviously scored once uh, that winner away at Partick Thistle. This is quite scary. And I didn't think Motherwell at home would be a scary match. It's it's a it's it, it scary is the best word to say it. Because they have started in a way that I think some people might have thought they would, but I think the majority of people expected them to have a fine start. Like, there was clearly teams worse than them in the league. There was clearly teams better than them in the league. They were probably going to be around 6th or 7th, maybe 5th at a push. It was the Premier Sports Cup, I think, that placed a lot of doubt, isn't it? They, they weren't exactly yes. convincing against lower league sides. They obviously lost their derby to Airdrie, mm-hmm. where your mate Scott McGill scored an absolute worldie. Yeah. Um, and I think that then placed a lot of concerns in the fans' heads. I remember watching that game, actually, because I wanted to see how McGill did. And just being like, Motherwell got shown nothing this season. They were really bad. They obviously got beat, as you said, by Hebs opening day of the season. And I was like, yep, this is it. They're going to be that was encouraging, though, that. I think, prior to their initial performances. They actually looked as though they had a bit about them in the Hibs game and were 
on another yeah. day, maybe could have taken you know a point or all three. Um, That's very fair. But it was a stunning start, like you say. And now they just look as though they've clicked into gear. The signings have perf- are performing well, like I say. Ooh. We just need to attack Stephen O'Donnell. So you're saying that Barry Mackay slash Ben Woodburn will be effectively the match winner? Yes, I just need us to... I think that should be the focus because they've got a really good spine, which I think when Motherwell have been good in recent years, they've always had a good spine. Other teams can get away with like not being amazing in the middle of the park but having really good players in the fringes and going, oh, okay, they're not going to do much through the middle but they'll get a cross in or something like that. And Alan Campbell was their big loss and obviously then they signed, I think, mm-hmm. the boys Slattery now um, kind of toward the end of their Premier Sports Cup campaign and now he's got up to speed, looks a, a really good a really good capture. Um, he and does. his goal at the weekend was a superb strike. Oh, it was it was outstanding. Two great um, goals again. Because sorry, yeah. but to, but Tony yeah. Watt, you know that's exactly what we'd anticipated that we were getting. Um, let's it run on through, and it's it's very similar to his Barca goal. He won't thank me for saying that, but across the keeper into the bottom corner, great goal. Very similar opposition as well. <laughs> oh, um, <of> undoubtedly. <laughs> I think listen, up against uh, Benny Beningame and Cami Devlin that night. How could we forget? Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I, I think it's going to be hard. I, th- I think it's going to be, we're going to really need to be on it. We're going to have to have arguably our best performance of the season if we want to get a win. But, saying all of that, they'll be, Motherwell fans will be nervous coming to us because technically, we, well, not technically, just factually, we've been better. Like, from a points perspective, we are above them. It's not that we're tied on points. I know there's only, like, a point between it. It's not exactly like we're five points clear. But we we are a good side now. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that, but we are a good side now. And worse sides have beaten Motherwell. Better sides have lost to Motherwell. But so equally, we, we just they've had worse sides coming to Tiny and yeah. maybe, maybe better sides coming to Tiny. So I remember that. The last time I remember it was a proper good game between us was that with Decamona's debut oh, in the cup. cup. Yep. What a night that the, was. The, that was fantastic. And I think I think an atmosphere similar to that will be prevalent on Saturday because Definitely. both teams are absolutely flying. Like it's not like it's it's not like a Livy Hearts where there's barely any fans and then those fans are downfalling, they're they're not happy with the way the teams are. I know Livy had just been Celtic, but they've been beating off Rangers and then they've not been doing great in the way They'll bring general. in decent travelling support and I know yeah. a lot of my pals are really looking forward to it. I think Tiny's always an appealing ground to come to anyway. But when yeah. your side's performing so well usually when hearts are toiling you'd feel a bit more confident. But yeah. with us with us actually in decent form, it's set up to be a great clash. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it will be a really good game. Uh, however, I, I I do worry that it could be a situation where if we don't get off to a good start, as we've been saying, there there has been a few times this season where we've been off to a, a slow start. Uh, and the notably, will inevitably arrive, and everything yes, needs to kind of exactly. settle down. Yeah. So hopefully, we just we kind of just at least if we don't get off to a flyer, we just don't concede. We grow into the game and then start playing our game. If we can play our game, I'm confident. I'll ask you for team selection and a score before we round up. I would play the exact same team that started against Livingston, barring if Suter is fit, I would swap him in for Moore. I don't think Moore put a foot wrong. However, I was say that's pretty harsh, dropping him. Yeah, 
you know, it probably is but Suter's been consistently better like but John Suter Suter's John Suter yeah. yeah he's John yeah. Suter um, however I will say this well maybe because also the other one thing with Moore is he wasn't really challenged so we haven't seen him up against anything so the potential worry is oh what if Tony Watt Van Veen and Willery Van Veen and stuff like that yeah pockets. yeah that could be a worry. Uh, and my score but you, prediction... But I'm, do you gamble in a big game like this? No, that's what I'm saying. I'd put Sorry, Suter back yeah. in. Yeah, no. Because it's like... Right. Uh, and then my score prediction... I, Unlike the Edinburgh Derby, where I thought, it's going to be all this part and it's not going to live up to it, I actually think it is going to live up to it. But I'm going to go with the same result I gave against Hibs. I'm going to go with a two-all draw. Ooh. I'm also going with a draw. I'm saying Ooh. one each, planting that reverse psychology seed. <laughs> That's not how reverse psychology works. Because one, the audio listeners don't know what you just did there. So get get watching on YouTube. There's, there's yes, exactly. <laughs> and two, reverse psychology isn't just physically willing what you want to oh, happen shit. whilst saying another thing. Uh, every single week I'm actually exposed for how stupid I am <laughs> right title of the episode reverse psychology that's right. it was me thinking we'd get away with that for like Defenders Union or something but that's great oh no oh, Defenders no, Union's a good show actually anyway regardless are... of what it's called <laughs> exactly it doesn't matter to you guys thank you whatever it's called for listening to the episode bit of a longer one this episode because we just had so much positive things to say. It's probably a rarity. Brilliant. It's probably not going to happen again. Particularly not when I'm hosting. Have. Christ. Yes, it's exactly. just getting the track record. I was like, yes! Got plenty of material here. Big clash exactly. of the weekend to talk about. Yes! Come on! So, massive thank you. I hope you all enjoyed it as you are enjoying Hearts' performances on the park. But... We have been Perth to Paisley. You can get us on all the socials at Perth to Paisley. It's below us on the YouTube version and you can go there to get us if you're just listening. We're also Perth to Paisley at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email and ask a question or just have a random chat about stuff. Also, we're on YouTube, as I've just said. So please leave a like, subscribe. It massively helps. It boosts us in the rankings of football podcasts on that. And talking about that as well, please, please, please do leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice if you are listening to this it's really helped us we've seen in recent weeks that you guys have been leaving loads of reviews and we really do appreciate that they don't go unnoticed We, if you ever leave a wee comment we read them all I send them to Adam so we do see them so we really do appreciate it Adam where can they get you on social media they can get me on all the socials at Adam T Kendall and what about yourself mate I am at dmciver22. We'll be back next week to discuss the all the mother will fall out and any potential international stuff that we're going to speak about as well and any other news that comes up. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on the house!